everyone, this is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Today is September 6th, 2019. I'm, believe it or not, in Berlin attending um, one of the most exciting technology shows in the world. It's the uh, IFA uh, exhibition, which takes place every year in the uh, late August, early September timeframe uh, in Berlin. And uh, in today's podcast, I've um, I roped someone in who I actually know quite well. And as most of you folks know, I love to do kind of behind the scenes um, kind of podcast because it gives people kind of a flavor for some of the people that are working to, to make these big, big events um, happen. And uh, in today's podcast, I'm speaking, I have the privilege of speaking with Steve Leone, who is the co-founder or founder? Should I say founder because you're brother or um, co-founder? Should we give him some credit? My, my, my job title is principal and partner, and I'm one of three. One of three. Uh, the brothers are Dave and Bob. <laughs> Bob does logistics. Dave does sales. Steve, me, I work on the press side. And the, the event that they manage is a, a very exciting event at, um, it's not just at, uh, by the way, just at EVA, it's at other uh, big technology venues as well. It's called Showstoppers. And really what's terrific about the event, um, it's one of, you know, from my perspective, because I've been in the, the technology industry for so long, it's one of the few venues, there's a few others that are kind of sort of comparable to it, although I'm sure Showstoppers is the best. Um, that allows you know um, uh, um, small companies, particularly startup companies, but also well-established brands as well, to get together for an evening of food and product demos in a very, and this is what I really like about it, I loved about it when I was on the product side, is that it treats everyone in a very egalitarian type of way. So even if you're a big multi-billion dollar company like Dell or Lenovo, you're getting the same size booth or same size table as a startup, so people are not overwhelmed. So I really kind of like the way the, those have, the, the, the events have been structured, but um, let's talk a little bit about it. So I know that you're, this is a very stress-free week for you, Steve. No. I think that's true. <laughs> well, and, you, and the event just happened last night. You know? right. uh, so let's talk a little bit about this year's event and uh, kind of you know what you felt. Um, I mean, I thought it was terrific. I spent a couple hours there last night and uh, there were some truly interesting and engaging and exciting companies. I mean, I think it's fair to say that uh, it wasn't same old, same old. There was a lot of interesting, and that's what's really great about this, is you never know what you're going to see, frankly, from a product technology standpoint. But from your perspective, uh, let's talk a little bit about how you thought the event went. Um, can I go back one step yes. and explain to the podcast listeners what the event is, what the format is? Please, please. Set, set the stage a little bit. Sure. It, if we did this at CES, it would be a ballroom at the whim with tabletop exhibits for anywhere between 90 and 120 companies. If we're talking about Mobile, Co Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, we're talking about 60 companies, tabletop exhibits. If we're talking about IFO, we're talking anywhere between 60 and 80 companies. Last night was about 70. And it's, again, a tabletop exhibit. It's two to three hours. At CES, it's four hours. And we invite the press in. There's food. There's drink. There's fuel to keep the event going. You mean analysts and journalists like to eat? Is that? Uh, yes. <laughs> and it also starts... There's a joke. Have you yes. ever seen an analyst eat? <laughs> go, 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 go ahead. journalist eat. Right. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that we provide the fuel to keep you guys going for another three hours after you have already walked the show floor for eight hours 
and gone from meeting to meeting and exhibit hall to exhibit hall. You are exhausted. Oh, and we, we should point that out, too. For those of you who have never been to IFA in Berlin, it's on this incredibly expansive piece of real estate where there's probably, I think it's 26 25, buildings. 26 buildings. And, you know, the... and, and the, and it's actually quite old. I don't know how old the complex is. Oh, well, it's got to be 50 years old. The cube is brand new. Right. But if you go to building one, it's been there for 30, 40 years. And it's showing its age, and it has a hell of a lot of history to it. As we learned this morning yes. at one of the keynotes, um, there are rock videos that are shot on campus because the buildings have that kind of history to mm -hmm. it. No, and I, and I did not know, you. this was interesting to me, that there's this enormous radio tower in, 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 the, in the complex, and um, I did not know, uh, Steve educated me, that apparently this radio tower, which is it's got to be at least 50 or 60 years old, uh, was used uh, to broadcast, I guess it was uh, Radio Free Europe, I, I imagine. It was, it was broadcasting signal from West Berlin into East Berlin. And it was used for rock music and news, and that's how some of the eastern, eastern, East Berliners got got exposure got, to that. Got exposure to mm -hmm. Western culture. Yes, I, I thought that was amazing. And in fact, at the beginning of the, not to turn this into an IFA podcast, but the um, the IFA management team, and I'm going to talk about this when I do my Forbes piece. So I'm promising that to people in audio. They did a terrific job of having kind of this kind of MTV-ish rock video that again that was shot at the complex and uh, it had kind of a cabaret, a cabaret, you know, Joel Grey like uh, flavor to it, and and it was it was really talking about you know the innovation and the uh, the openness that radio technology introduced to people back you know you know 70, 80, 100 years ago. And it tied up very well into the theme of uh, FIFA. But th I guess the point is that it's a very big complex. And, um, you know, as an analyst, you know, you're walking 15,000, 20,000 steps a day. And you better have food, you know. Right. Yeah, you know and, and by the way, the food is quite good, I so, must say. So the premise is that we provide the fuel to keep you guys going. We fill room with 50, 60, 70 companies. And it's a tabletop exhibit. And each company sets up on the table brings its product in, sets it up, and will now spend the next three hours eating, drinking, talking, shaking hands, exchanging business cards, demonstrating product. And if you are a journalist, if you are an analyst, you are going to learn a lot from a lot of companies in a very short time. Mm -hmm. And it saves you days and thousands of steps walking around the campus of the Mesa, Mesa Berlin. And it is effective, efficient use of your time. And you walk out having shaken hands with 20 or 30 companies that are relevant to what you track or what you cover as a journalist. And now you can sit down in your hotel room for the next two or three days and crank out articles while you are also going back to the campus and walking from trade show booth to trade show booth. And well, and that's the big delight is that, again, you know, when you're at these big trade shows, the last, you know, no matter how well you try to organize it, and I've been guilty of this, is that, you know, you have 25, 30 meetings, and invariably you're not looking at the, the, the floor plan of the event of where you are, and your meetings are all over the place. And what this allows you, a, a journalist or an analyst like myself, to do is just go to one 
uh, one location, you know, the size of a big, big, big ballroom, and you know, see 25 or 30 or more um, type of accounts, and that's that's incredibly productive from a time management standpoint. Thank you. I would like to quote you on that. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say that. Believe me. I, no, I, honestly, that's the premise behind the event. Mm -hmm. Because there are smaller companies that will not otherwise get any oxygen out of the press. Right. There are larger companies like Samsung that suck the wind out of the room. And, yeah, they've earned it. Okay, you know, they're multi-billion dollar companies with products that everybody wants to, to, to see and touch and play with. But if you're a startup, if you're a smaller company, if you're a mid-sized company, and you want coverage, if you want to be able to talk to the press, here is a way of doing this because this is a press-only event. And it is effective use of your budget, your marketing budget, it's effective use of your marketing expertise, your staff, your resources, it is effective use of two or three hours of your time at the show, and it also occurs during press days. So, so here you are in the evening, press days are over, maybe you had a press conference, maybe you did not. Maybe you are going to be in your booth for the next three, four, five days, and your booth is going to be, um, you're going to have press, analysts, and a lot of people who walk the aisle. This show is open to the public, unlike shows like CES in the U.S., so you'll have moms and dads and kids and teenagers. And maybe as a marketing guy, you want to talk with the moms and dads because they're going to buy the product. It's going to be on the store shelf. FIFA is all about the retail side of this business. You have distributors, you have buyers, you have retailers who are going to stock their, short, their store shelves in time for the Christmas holidays and the fourth quarter business buying season. Maybe they will come to your booth. Maybe they will not. Showstoppers puts all of these people into one small focused space, one small focused time slot. As an analyst, as a journalist, you come into a Showstoppers event, you will have a company like Dell that you will recognize, but you will also have companies that you would not otherwise encounter, otherwise not discover. So there are going to be surprises. And there are going to be startups, there are going to be established companies. The startups in particular are where you will find the surprises. The mid-sized companies, if they've got their marketing message figured out, they will get the story down to one sentence, one paragraph, shake your hand, guide you over to the product. And you as an analyst, you as a journalist, you will, you will you know, your eyes will open up and you'll go, this was worth spending five minutes on. Yeah, well, you know, it's, again, I, I think that, um, we were talking about this the other night, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the challenges that a lot of startups have is that they're typically started up by very talented engineering people or business people, not very often with a lot of marketing experience. You know, I think I can say this very honestly because I, I know and met, and met many of these people, many of them are my friends, and... You know, people who are technical or engineering oriented that find, uh, that discover or, or create a new company tend to have this bit, a bit of conceit that the product or technology they're working on is automatically going to light the world on fire 
and you know, the, I, I like to invoke the phrase "field of dreams." People are going to come to it and discover it, and that's not true. You know, even you know, in 2019, the big brands spend hundreds of millions of dollars in demand generation dollars that typically small startups don't have. So I think it's a great venue that allows them to you know to get the word out, do product demonstrations, do it again, doing a very kind of even-handed. Um, I like egalitarian fashion because, if, because once you're onto the trade show floors, then it's a different ball game. Then it's, it's and then it's who can build the biggest booth and overwhelm you with the most music and special effects. And you really can't have uh, you know comprehensive conversations in that type of uh, space. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I think you can have much more intelligent, much more thoughtful conversations that ultimately will lead to other uh, discussions. So I think it's terrific. Um, Maybe here, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Is um, you know, you told me the other night, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I would never do that. Uh, the uh, you told me, and I was actually a little bit floored at this. Is that you were actually close? I mean, I know you had a kind of a, a, a record uh, number of, of, of um, uh, exhibitors there, but even until the last moment, you had folks reaching out to you to get yeah. space, which yeah. it blows my mind that you know. Now, there's not much of a setup because it's a tape. It's a table set up, and that's the nice thing. You can actually slot someone in. You could never do that, obviously, with a booth. You've got to prepare months in advance to make sure that all the signage and all the the the, uh, the exhibit itself is done. But let's talk a little bit about that because I find that fascinating. To me, it's a fascinating process as well. Um, if you're going, if you're planning to attend a trade show, exhibit at a trade show, you've got to have months in advance. You've got to know what your product timeline is. If it's software, is it going to cook on time? If it's hardware, are you going to have all the, the components soldered to a board and functional? And let's say you're working nine months ahead, 12 months ahead. That's the calendar that you're operating against. And, and a product may or may not make the cut. So to me, you've committed to a booth. And, and what do you want to put in the booth? Then you make a last-minute discovery. Oh, there's this showstoppers event, which is press only. Or we've been talking to you for months, and we're wishing that you would make a go-no-go -no -go decision. We have a small group of companies that delay that decision to the last possible instant. The reason may be, yes, the software did cook. Yes, the hardware was ready or they make the discovery that showstoppers exist and they want to talk to the press. Okay, we have the ability to put you in the room. Uh, one of my favorite stories is one of the top five journalists on the planet. I don't know if he would allow me to say his name. Um, I'll, go, I'll tell you later, guys. I'll tell you later. No, but, you know, go ahead. Um, comes out of the showstoppers event, grabs me by the elbow, says, Steve, i got to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm in trouble with God. Mm -hmm. uh, God leans down over into my ear and says, I can talk to <laughs> all the time, but I come to showstoppers to discover companies that I would not otherwise encounter. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. That tells me we are doing our job. Now, how do we get those smaller companies to commit? That's the difficulty, the process. It's not the it's just the challenge. Um, the sales team spends a lot of time talking to the companies, months in some cases, and in the case of IFA, we are the official event. 
So the, that company must have exhibit space on the show floor. That is a qualifier. Mm -hmm. Uh, if they don't, then Dave works with them to create space for them on the show floor because that's the rule. CES, it's a little different. Uh, we are not the official event, but we do run Launch It, which is the official startup pitch event for companies that are participating in the Eureka Park section of CES. Mm -hmm. Those companies must be exhibiting in Eureka Park. That's the rule. We work within the rules. Right. So we are creating opportunities as we go and working our way through the challenges as we go. And, and the companies have to, have to be able to work against their product timeline. Um, you know, there are a couple of fun stories that come out of this when we're doing an event in New York many, many years ago. The, the, the big crate comes out of the freight elevator and they, they unscrew the lid and the marketing guy leans into the box and says, oh, that's what we're supposed to be talking about tonight. <laughs> because nobody had told him, right? But he knew enough about his different product lines and his marketing team was ready that they were able to pull out the material and, and off and running, you know, make it work. Right. Uh, if you're an engineering company, Maybe you can't. Maybe you don't have that flexibility, that expertise, that ability to pivot. And if, and if you're a startup, again, maybe you don't have that expertise to pivot. Right. We are there to help. Sure. Well, I, I think the other thing that is very um, interesting is that when you look at the roster of people, of vendors that show up, yeah, you do have a lot of startups that show up and brand new companies, but you, and it's a testament to the quality of the venue. You also have a lot of legacy brands show up. I mean, Dell was there last night. Um, a number of other very well-established companies are there, and they would not show up unless they thought there was a day. Big brands, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I just think it's a terrific... Uh, you know, on, on the other hand, we had a startup out of Japan. There were, there were a group of startups from Japan. Um, one of them had a lunar rover because they're a, a privately funded space program company. Right. And, and I've never had a lunar rover in one of my events before. This was this was a kick. <laughs> well, I, listen, you know, I, I I know you're very very tired. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He's a, he's a very young man. He only he claims that he's uh, in his fifties, but I think he's no, twenty three. No, <laughs> um, I took my daughter to NYU. She is a freshman, and I have to I have to fill out the forms for Medicare at the same time. So now you know how old I am. Well, hey, listen, this has been great, Steve. You know, thanks for taking time out of your, your, your busy schedule uh, for this. Because I know you're, 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 you know, you're hopping to an, another event right after this. We keep going. Yeah, so you know, there's a whole year full, uh, uh, a whole laundry list of uh, events they do on a very um, lengthy calendar basis. How do they reach you? What's your website? And... The website is showstoppers.com. With a plural, Showstoppers. Yeah, uh, and your email, Dave. My email is S Steve, I should sl say. at showstoppers.com. Sl at showstoppers.com. Phone number is plus one for the U.S., 310-936-8530. And that's my cell, and it's attached to my book. Well, that's great. Well, listen, thank you for participating in today's podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll buy you a drink later because you look like you're, uh, you're going to need it. Oh, you know one thing we should leave? You know one thing we should put, though we should mention the podcast before it's over, and this is really, really important. 
and again, you know, everything is relative, but from a demand generation standpoint, um, to participate in a showstoppers event is not a very expensive option. I mean, we're talking about, give me a range of numbers. If it's IFA, it's 6,000 euro. If it is CES, I think it's 8,500 US. If it's uh, Mobile World Congress, I think it is six or 7,000 US or euro. And that's all in, by the way. That's all in. I mean, there might be some other stuff that's you your might. Table, that's your power. You might need internet. There food. The food's included, of course. Included. Right. Um, you and might need to rent a monitor because. Yeah, there's some other for some specialty stuff, unless a, you know the right, vendor wants to bring that's it. That's all in, and that's and that's and, and here's the other piece of this. Uh, my guess at this point, I have not seen the post-show list. There were, my, by my visible count, at least 800 journalists in the room last night for at least three hours. Uh, if this were CES, there would be 1,300 journalists in the room, minimum, for four hours. And if this were Mobile World Congress, it's somewhere between five and 800 journalists in the room, depending on year, depending on product. Mobile World Congress scales up and down. Mm -hmm. uh, IFA is fairly constant, CES is fairly constant. Uh, and, and if you need to shake hands with the press to demonstrate a product, this is an effective, efficient way to spend small dollars, small euro, and meet a hell of a lot of people. I mean, no, no, really, truthfully, there's really not many venues you can spend, you know, under 10,000 U.S. dollars with and get to shake hands with eight, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred journalists. No. That doesn't happen anymore. But... But again, imagine you were on a media tour, flying oh. from city to city. Oh. You're going to see ten journalists. In maybe, a, in a maybe, week. maybe. In a week, maybe. Figure out the airfare. Figure out the time you spend taking off your shoes to go through security. No, this is far much more economical. So, again, Steve, thanks for your time. Thanks to the more insights and strategy audience for listening on today's podcast. Um, You're very welcome. Uh, please follow us on our social media par partners on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. The usual suspects. And until next time, have a great weekend.